Hound podcast. Welcome to this Horse and Hound podcast advertising special. I'm Alex Robinson from Horse and Hound and in this episode we're delighted to be joining up with the British Horse Society to discuss their most recent campaign launch, Keep Britain Riding. The BHS's Keep Britain Riding campaign has been launched in response to the staggering amount of riding schools that have been closed over the past few years. Since 2018, over 250 riding schools have closed their doors and as a result, more than 1.5 million riding lessons have been lost each year. Riding schools are the lifeblood of equestrian participation and without their presence, our whole industry is under threat. At the heart of the Keep Britain Riding campaign is the need to protect and and nurture that unique and special horse-human bond that we all cherish and adore. I know that myself, without horses, having been introduced to my life through you know local riding schools when I was a child, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today, being based with horse and hound and riding horses in competitions. Horses are my whole life and I have riding schools to thank for that. So I'm so looking forward to speaking to representatives from the BHS today to discuss why we all need to be worried about the declining number of riding schools in the country as well as the society's aims to keep Britain riding well into the future. Joining me today on the podcast is BHS Chief Executive James Hick. Thank you so much for being here today James, how are you doing? Hi there, I'm doing great, thank you. And I'm also joined by Lizzle Winter who is a competitive rider, a BHS fellow and she also runs her own BHS accredited riding school. Hi Lizzle, thank you so much for being here, I hope you're well. Yeah, very well, thank you. Good morning. So it's great to speak to you both today about the Keep Britain Riding campaign. But first, could you just both tell me a little bit about your own journey with horses, where it all began? Um, James, I'll come to you first, if that's okay. Where did your involvement with horses begin? Well, I've been really fortunate, Alex, that horses have run through all of my life. And I was first introduced to horses by my grandfather. And um, he used to take me around country shows and used to talk to me particularly about working horses and in and out of my life I've I've had the chance to to make sure that I've had an awful lot of that horse human bond that we're going to refer to a lot through this conversation and I've been uh, very lucky to experience um, both the great highs that we have from horses that have taught me so much but also some of the lows indeed that we also know about uh, keeping and caring for horses. Thank you, James. And Lizzle, please could you tell me about your journey with horses? My journey was slightly different to James's. From the first minute I can remember, I loved horses, ponies, donkeys. Completely unhorsey parents. I was born in Salford. Mum's a teacher, dad's an engineer. And all I wanted to do was see horses and ponies. My granddad used to take me for walks and I'd make him take me to see the ponies in the fields. And my journey started at eight years old when I eventually persuaded my parents that they really could take me to a riding school and since then I've never looked back and I can honestly say since being eight years old I don't think there was a weekend a school holiday day that I wasn't at the riding school I I just loved it right from the beginning I was fortunate enough that the riding school offered a scheme allowing you to loan a pony because we couldn't afford a pony at the time so I loaned a pony that pony was mine I learned all the responsibilities that go with owning a pony whilst the ponies still belong to the riding school, and that's the scheme we still offer now. From there, I went on. I did all my British Horse Society exams. 
without those, without that guidance, and without all the schemes that they offer, the, the scholarships, the support, which, which is even more now than it was when I was doing it, has really fundamentally helped me through everything I've done. And my career, I've been so lucky. I've competed at top level. I've competed at five-star eventing. I've competed at Grand Prix dressage. I've show jumped to 150, all on horses I've produced, not on expensive horses, but all of those skills I've picked up through the British Law Society initial qualification systems. That opened many doors. I made many contacts. I've gone on to, to be an international judge, grand jury member. I've been an international team coach at junior, young rider and senior level for different countries. I've done the GVU juniors. I've done Portugal for 10 years, youth squads. I've done Finland for four years, senior squads, maybe five years. And all of that has stemmed through the British Horse Society system initially. And I'm a real firm believer in the fundamental knowledge and skill that that gives you, allowing you to build your career forwards. Oh, that's wonderful. And you now run a BHS accredited yard and riding school. Could you just tell us a little bit about the riding school, how it began and what you currently do there? Yeah, the yard the yard came to being in uh, 89. We moved over to Chepstow, just uh, north of the border. They were actually based in England, but on the English-Welsh border. Set it up with my husband, who Eric Winter, who's also heavily involved in, in many aspects of, of the horse world. And because of our journeys to get to the point where we were in, in running this yard or building this yard, it really has formed the basis to everything we've done here. It was a greenfield site and we have built everything. Now, we do a lot of work with changing lives through horses and, and horses really do change lives. We work with every age range and every ability. We work with a lot of local schools with special needs, particularly with autism. We work with schools for the deaf. We work with charities that support children and parents. So support, so enabling the families to have an experience together, building bridges together. We work um, with local schools, private schools, comprehensive schools, children that are finding mainstream education difficult, all working through that that scheme coming and, and finding jobs. We've had amazing success with children that have not fitted into education, gone on to be champion jockeys. Um, so it's the, the BHS and the changing lives through horses is, is a wonderful scheme and horses really do pick up and recognize. We have an elective mute child who will come and she will talk to her pony. She hadn't spoken Aww. for years and then she's talking to her pony, cuddling the pony when she's got off the pony. We've got another gentleman who's ridden with us for more than 15 years. He's got no language, physically, mentally handicapped. He comes once or twice a week, always with the same horse, mm -hmm. who's now 34. Um, and he was the first person back after lockdown. And when he got off the horse he, and he has to get off on a level, he shuffled back and he has two carers either side of him. And they're saying, come on, we need to go now. And all he would do was hug the horse and wouldn't let go of that horse. Aww. And that horse never moves. That horse knows. And yet yeah. when you lead the horse to the field with one of the girls that work with us as a trainee, training for their British Horse Society exams, he jogs and he pulls them. And he, <laughs> but with, with the gentleman... He is a true gentleman himself. He, the horses recognise and, and respond accordingly. Mm. It's just incredible. And, you know, as you say, that relationship, whether you ride, drive, lead or work with them or just simply appreciate them, it's, it's so unique. Absolutely. And it, it makes my heart beat faster even just talking about it mm. because they are amazing animals. They really do recognise and react accordingly. 
I mean, yeah, I can just relate to that so much. That bond I have with my own horses is so special and the work you do just sounds incredible. So moving on to the matter at hand, the Keep Britain Riding Campaign. James, let's begin with how the campaign began. Uh, yeah, where did this all stem from? Well, we've just heard there the fantastic career that Lizzle has had. And as Lizzle set out, she has come from a non-horsey background, but got introduced to the love of horses uh, at a very young age through a riding school. And what we saw throughout the pandemic and subsequently afterwards is the, is the closure of riding schools that are happening around us. And you've mentioned uh, that we've had a 15% drop in the number of riding schools, about 250 have closed. And at the very heart of the British Horse Society and our training system is the fact that we need to have a, a vibrant and thriving uh, riding school estate up and down the country. And there are so many reasons why this is so essential. Not only is it that that particular love of horses that we all have and that horse-human bond is so critical, but we, we know that 90% of people start their equestrian journey through a riding school. And what we have decided that we must do is raise this profile both nationally and internationally where appropriate to make sure that we can keep Britain riding and that we can share the love of horses to those people who have not had that opportunity already to, to feel that sense of uh, bond that is created. And this is not only from a riding perspective, but also from a uh, well-being and welfare perspective and educational perspective. Lizzle's talked so passionately about the great work that she does with her husband and family at her riding school and how mm. she has literally changed people's lives and we must make sure that we can uh, maintain and support that for the future. And, and why do you think the horse world, um, the equestrian industry as a whole, needs riding schools? Well, as I say, the, fundamentally, as, as Lizzle shared with us and I'm sure we'll share a little bit uh, more detail, that what we have to make sure is that anybody who wants to learn to ride does that in a safe, well-informed, educated way, most importantly and firstly for the welfare of our horses, but also for the fact that they are then able to develop and go on further or stay at the level that people want to uh, maintain. And if we don't have riding schools, then we know things are not going to be as well managed and people aren't going to be educated and then people won't get the most. And fundamentally, we need to make sure that welfare of horses is being delivered by people who are very knowledgeable and riding schools are the heart of that. Of course. And, and James, why do you think um, these riding schools are, you know, being forced to close their doors? Are there any key reasons you, you feel that riding schools are closing down so rapidly? Yeah, I think throughout the um, pandemic, and I'm a, certainly a glass half full type of person, so I'm trying to be optimistic that I'm sure there were centres that may have closed already, but it was slightly accelerated through the pandemic. But if we put that behind us, there are also a large proportion of riding schools owners and proprietors that have retired. And so you see um, people retiring and then riding schools not being opened. And Lizzle talked again about how her and her husband developed and built that riding school from the ground up. So it's eminently possible for others to do that, but it is really a, a big task. One of the other key issues that riding schools face 
of course, is finding uh, enough qualified staff. Mm-hmm. And about 75% of riding schools struggle to get the coaches that they need. And one of the initiatives that we've created at the uh, BHS is our Career Transition Fund, where we're trying to encourage people through bursaries to support their development in Stage 2 and Stage 3 in their coaching, is to be able to come to us, go to an approved school such as Lizzle's, and then they can uh, get into the uh, into the coaching uh, system, and that's that's really needs to be addressed as well as uh, the support more broadly. Mm-hmm. Just to support what James is saying there, our riding school, I'm so proud of it, and it is a family built riding school. However, our staff drive it, and the lady that manages our riding school and has done so now for 15 years was not from the industry and she is the most amazing person that has come through joined thought I'll come to the riding school because I like horses Mm. and then found a friendly community spirit and has gone on and done some qualifications and then slowly slowly we persuaded her she would be the right person to front up the riding school as my career and Eric's career went off in a more international direction and and the staff that we have are fundamental and a lot of them, again, have come from non-horsey backgrounds. And as I said, the lady that is key to our success now came to us as a local client with a passion for horses but not sure where to go. And, wow. And, and, and also, it's, it's perceived as, as a rich man's sport. And I know we are very lucky in the country we live and the way we live. We are hugely lucky. It is, however, a sport that is open to all. You know, I work a lot at Hartbury with their Elite Academy and they put a lot of funding into St. James's City Farm and Riding School and that's principally a run-through charity that enables inner-city children to start that same journey. Riding schools that offer loan schemes, the way I started, enable children that can't afford ponies to be involved. You know, the British Horse Society helps scheme all those stepping stones help children that are not necessarily from a horsey background or a financial background to still get into the industry. Mm-hmm. And Lizel, I just wondered, um, so you've been running your, your riding school for, for many years. How has your business changed over the years? And, you know, what challenges do you face as a, as a riding school? The business has grown with us. So we started small and, and step by step we, we grew. My husband did already run a very small riding school before we came over here. So, so the horses came with, with us and had a year off. Um, but it, it, you have to evolve. You have to continually be evolving because it is a challenging industry and a challenging environment. And sometimes I think, you know, life might be easier without it. But then I look at the children, you know, I look at them all having fun. I look at the adults. It's not just children. It's, it, and actually, when you've got a good team behind you, it's worth it. But you have to grow. You have to evolve. You have to adapt and you have to be open-minded and continually looking. That's why we do so many different things. When one area is, is struggling, usually the other areas is, is a little bit of, of growth. The, the support that we had through the pandemic was, was so appreciated because in those first two weeks, I was, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay wages? How am I going to feed these horses? And I would say wages is the biggest, biggest worry to me and the biggest drain, really. Um, You have to pay a fair wage, but it's now difficult when you're training people to get the balance, um, to get good staff that are passionate is a challenge. Uh, And just cost. Again, it's always difficult to plan because you're so dependent on prices of grain, 
you know, who would have anticipated the Ukraine crisis? So then the mm-hmm. feed goes up, then you have a really wet winter, or then you have a really dry summer and you, you don't get the cuts of hay. So you're always, always juggling. And then your insurance and it, it just is endless. But on the other hand, when you've got a good team around you, it's, it's perfectly doable and a sound business if you manage it carefully and mm-hmm. adapt and evolve. Thank you, Lizzle. And and James, just coming back to you. So how do we keep Britain riding? And what do, do you need from members, um, supporters and the wider equine community in regards to this campaign? Well, Lizzle's really there at the absolute sharp end and is, is leading the way. And is not only just in the things that she and her husband have achieved, but really developing the riding school. And that whole uh, message that Lizzle shares with us about how we've got to adapt and change, how we've got to look for different opportunities to both bring income in and deliver different services to a changing client group. And one of the other areas that I just want to touch on, because Liz all made such a great point, is through the pandemic and afterwards, the BHS was able to support riding schools up and down the country to about 1.3, 1.4 million pounds through our charitable uh, reserves. And we've continued to offer that support, both, both both financially to some of the charitable riding schools, but also in advice and bringing to the community uh, over the last couple of years. So the key message has got to be, how do we come together as a community? How do we share those ideas of adaption and change? One of those I- ideas that's grown very considerably and is both helping horses and people is our Changing Lives Through Horses program. The BHS has invested heavily in this over the last few years. We've now just celebrated our 2000th young person through our program. We've now got 85 riding schools that are trained to be able to deliver this program that helps those children and young people who may be excluded from school and education. And this is funded through local authorities in the main or schools so it offers a different funding avenue as well for riding schools perhaps when they might be quieter during the week and fills in some of those quieter times uh, when they may not be so busy but that's really going to be the 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 thing we've got to think about how do we adapt and change and lizzle is uh, just explain that really clearly for us what we've got to do Fabulous. And just um, looking for some, you know, concrete places people can visit maybe to find out more about the Keep Britain Riding campaign. Is there a website link you could recommend or should we all get involved on social media? Perhaps there's a riding school out there who would like to get involved. Where where can they go next to, to, you know, get engaged? Well, the first place um, to go to is the uh, BHS website and you'll see Keep Britain Riding will be on our landing page, but you'll find it easily through Google. The other thing that we want or question uh, people to do is to share on social media hashtag horse human bond and also keep Britain riding. We really want to be able to demonstrate that unique bond that we have with our horses, sharing our pictures, showing how the, that these uh, relationships we have with our horses and how we're doing all sorts of different things. And you mentioned, Alex, at the top of this conversation, it doesn't matter whether you're working on the ground, you simply like to be around horses, or you're competing at the very highest level and everything in between. It's so important that we can share the fact that horses are being really well cared for and 
that it really is something that we want to be inclusive. And again, Lizzle mentioned in this conversation about all the different diverse uh, people that are able to come to her riding school. And I believe that's true up and down the country. And I've visited many, many riding schools. And the more diverse and more open we can be about what is happening, then the more people we can get involved. And we clearly want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Super. Thank you so much. And um, we'll just um, touch on the Changing Lives Through Horses program um, once more, if that's okay. So the, the main mission of this is to, as you say, make horse riding and, you know, a, that horse-human relationship that we all have experienced, make that accessible to everyone. So the Changing Lives Through Horses program, what does this actually entail, James, for the people who are involved in it? Absolutely. The program was originally started back in 2016 and it's very much focused at young people who are from the age of around about five years old up to 25. It's for those young people who may have been excluded or aren't able to go into full-time education and what we have is a program of education that's been aligned and approved to the school curriculum. So this allows young people to learn as well as enjoy that horse-human bond. And it's really horse-centric, but it's not at all about riding. It's about being around horses. It's being in a different environment. And Lizzle talked about literally how young people's lives have been transformed, allowing them to come back into society or get back into school and full-time education. We've now had 2,000 young people go through the program. We've got 85 uh, approved British horse riding centers up and down the country where the training is going to be delivered but in truth for us to grow this campaign we really need support from both the equestrian community and wider community so we really are going to be uh, asking people to make a donation to the changing lives through horses program so that we can further expand this for me 2000 young people's lives that have been positively affected is a great start but it's only a great start. We know that there are actually around about 2 million children throughout the whole of the UK who are disenfranchised in some way or another through educate through uh, formal education. And our mission is through the ability to have that horse-human bond through our riding centres is be able to uh, increase the number of young people that we have through the programme so that everybody can benefit. Riding schools, young people local authorities, and most importantly, parents of young children who are really struggling in many effects. And Lizzle, you've been involved with the Changing Lives Through Horses programme yourself. Um, And as you say, these programmes really do change lives. Can you give us some examples of people who have been affected by this programme in a positive way? Yes. And and to be fair, even before that, it's something that we've been doing for a very long time. And, and as I said earlier, the very first lad we helped, who was basically, and this was probably 20 years ago, always true, and neither going to school, local school, in the end contacted us. And in the end, he formed, he did three days here, two days in school, and, and he went on to be a really successful top-level jockey. Wow. And there's many, many jobs in our industry involving animals, not just horses, that when you're working with the horses, with the Changing Lives program, it gives you so many skills that you can go off in so many different directions. And children that are not good in classrooms can still learn all their numeracy, their literature skills in, in a different environment. So it, it 
helps them have confidence and belief in themselves. They communicate with the animals sometimes more readily than they communicate with the people, but that then develops skills that they then take forwards. We've also done work um, when we were in the EU with, with um, young offenders, reform. We did a year's program with young offenders to help them reintegrate back into society. And, and it gives people a different aspect and you learn so many skills that you can take into life in general. Um, so, so changing lives is massively important and so good to have the support of the British Shore Society behind it because then you get it onto a national curriculum uh, and then you open more doors. And the horses as well, they definitely benefit from these programmes and, and schemes. Lizzo, please could you just tell us, um, you know, how the horses in the riding school also benefit from a welfare perspective and, you know, get, perhaps giving them new jobs from, you know, coming from competition? Absolutely. We're, we're lucky we draw from all areas for our riding school horses and ponies. Um, and it's a really good way of making sure... Uh, an ex-competition horse has a really good new role to play and they often adapt really well. We've had grand national winners, we've had high-level dressage horses, we've had small, old, good JA ponies that then they're not happy to go hacking, but they love the riding school life, they're well cared for, um, so it really gives another job. We've also been very lucky to be supported through the British Horse Society Second Chance Programme where we have rehomed two RSPCA horses. One is fully integrated into the riding school and loaned by a lady that actually doesn't ride, but just loves this horse and comes and spends time. And in name, it's her horse and she buys the horse rugs and grooms the horse. And, and the other horse is, is making really good progress and is used in student training, helping those career students and will eventually integrate more into the adult riding school. So, so it's a really great space for a horse to find a second chance, a second career, and help those people coming through the British Horse Society riding schools. And I guess also that um, the fact that these people are, you know, getting trained, they're getting a proper education around horses, it's going to help the welfare of our horses industry-wide, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's fundamental whether you're doing riding as a hobby, riding just to, to be around the, as a social relaxation, as a fitness, as a mental well-being and release, or whether you are career orientated or competition orientated. And fundamentally, our top level competition riders have to come from somewhere. And the more riding stores we lose, the, the narrower that base becomes to feed the higher echelons of, of the sport. So it impacts across the whole breadth of our sport. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lizzle. And James, just coming back to you, um, if people are listening, you know, there might be a riding school owner um, who wants to get involved in the Changing Lives Through Horses programme, would you also recommend they head to the website and get engaged through social media? Uh, absolutely, that's, that's definitely one of the ways. Or come through to myself directly at james.hick at bhs.org.uk. Super. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Some really inspirational and incredible stories there. And yes, um, just to remind listeners where to go to find the Keep Britain Riding campaign and the Changing Lives Through Horses campaign, please head to the BHS website. Thank you, James, Lizzle. Um, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.